0: our official title of love and talking to Brian Baldinger never changes. How are you, Brian? Hey, David, I'm doing good, buddy. It's good to hear your voice. Man. Thank, thank you so much for joining us. I got Larry Kruger in for raid yeah, Larry, today. Hey, what's doing? going on? Yeah. Uh, where, where, uh, where does Brian Baldinger's super cooler than ours life take him this week?
3: Uh, well, I'll be, uh, I'm, I'm in Fort Lauderdale right now, but I'll be in uh, Philadelphia, South Philadelphia for Tennessee and the Eagles. Come Sunday, leaving tomorrow. So, uh, just getting some prep done here today, doing some stuff.
0: Kind of a sexy and, uh, game, and we'll we'll yeah. get into that. That's a, that's a big one. There's there's a lot riding on that one, considering, yeah. you know, the Vikings are coming on too. We could have yeah. two ten and two football teams if things break yeah. a certain way. But before we get to all that, Brian, obviously, uh, one of the best matchups of the weekend is going to happen at Levi Stadium. And just oh, in yeah. terms of styles making fights, we got team offense against team defense, and we have two coaches that are so familiar with each other. I was blown away to find out that the Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan relationship stretches back 14 oh, yeah. years. So, I mean, there's 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 no element of football these two guys haven't discussed thoroughly. And,
3: no, Damon, and not only that. I mean, he, like Mike goes all the way back to Mike Shanahan in Denver, you know, kind of where he started this whole process. And then he followed Kyle around, you know, Cleveland, Atlanta. I mean, all the stops but uh, they were basically inseparable, too. I mean, they were both part of this quarterback collective club that a buddy of mine runs, and they were helping, you know, with development of young quarterbacks. I mean, they've kind of seen the football, all of football, at every level, high school, college, pro, all through the same lens. And so there was a period, literally, when Mike was being contacted or offensive coordinator, all these different positions, and Kyle wouldn't let him leave. I mean, they just paid him, and kept him, and you know he knew how valuable he was just you know how bright he was his insight and just the, the the volume of hours that mike would just spend in the film room by himself some days just studying the opponents studying free agent running backs raheem mostert i mean guys that he really helped bring to san francisco now house in miami so i mean they are they are very very connected and you know. Mike said all the right things this week. It's not about me. It's about my team. I don't want it to be about... They say all those things, but still, there's Kyle on the other side where they walked in the same building, you know, for all these years together.
4: You know, this is going to be such an interesting matchup. The Niners are so good in the middle of the field with Fred Warner on defense, and the Dolphins are living in the middle of the field. And they're doing it by using the quick game and the vertical stretch to kind of create space um, in the middle of the field. And they are just absolutely incredible um, in that part of the field right now. Who's going to win there? Is that Who wins out there, the Niners in their incredible second-level defense or the Dolphins and what they've been able to do?
3: Well, I will say this: that you know, the, the middle of the field is the most valuable real estate in a football game, and so how you, you know, how you, uh, you know, conquer that area, whether offense or defense, you know, basically determines the outcome of the game. However, the Miami, and this is not that much different with San Francisco. I mean, they're big down where they get their chunk plays on first down, where they really put you in a bind: run, pass, uh, all kinds of play actions. Uh, Two is really good at them. He's really good at showing the ball to the defense. So. Dre Greenlaw, Freddie Warner, you know, Hofanga, uh, Like, these guys, their eyes have to be right. If your eyes are wrong, then Tyreek Hill's going to go right by you. Or Jalen Waddell's going to r- go right by you. And so, they know that. San Francisco knows first down, especially if two is under center. There's a very good chance there's going to be some level of play action. And they got a lot of them. So, I mean, that's the down to really pay attention to as a fan in this game. Uh, you know, who wins that first down and who gets the chunk plays on that first down probably goes a long ways to deciding the outcome of the game.
0: Keeping on schedule is important for any offense, no doubt about it. And again, with the uh, prolific attack that the Dolphins have in the red zone, with all the success the two has had on third down, they're the best first down team, I think, in football, too. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be high leverage football all afternoon for the 49ers defense. When it comes to Tua taking a step forward, I mean, obviously the talent at wide receiver grows greatly when you add Tyreek Hill. But what are the things that are less obvious to the fan watching that has made Tua go from I don't think he can to he definitely is? Maybe it's
3: just me, Damon, but I always look at the center on every team. Like, Connor Williams is a center for him. And he never played center he was a left tackle in Texas. He's been the left guard in Dallas, been benched in Dallas at left guard. It wasn't very good, to be honest with you. My, whatever Mike saw, he said he could be our center. The, it stabilized the whole offensive line. Now, Taron Armstead, who's going to play with a bad shoulder, I think he's going to play. Um, he's played with all kinds of injuries before, uh, and he's going to see a lot of Nick Bowes. But I think the, the number one thing is the center position has been solidified. They've run so many different guys at that position over the last five years. Is one of the reasons why the offensive line was never very good. But Connor Williams has really helped him at center. That's one thing. And then you know, like all these other surrounding parts, guys that you're, you know, you're really familiar with, Trent Sherfield, you know, like Trent Shurfield, you, know um, you know Raheem Mostert, Jeffrey Wilson. I mean, these guys really are excellent in the in all phases. Whether it's protection, whether it's the passing game, um, understanding how to run a lot of these plays and where they got to hit. Uh, there's a reason why they traded for Jeffrey Wilson and, and went and got Raheem Mostert. You know, in uh, free agency, and most guys are really valuable to this offense.
4: Caroppolo's is playing well. no it's 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 one of the best stretches of his career. Um, I, I see two things. I see a guy who throws it away when it's not there, and I see Christian McCaffrey as a safety valve underneath. You watch the film and roll it back and forth. What are you seeing?
3: I see all that. I, I see all that. I mean he's he's really I mean he's always been he's always had a very quick release I even mean, like when I first saw him, Uh, as a rookie in new england i he reminded me of tony romo and he still reminds me of romo um and just his release so he's got a snap release uh he's not a guy that can do what we watched josh allen do last night he can't do those things so he kind of knows that you know and so he does get a little jittery and he does feel the pressure the longer he has to hold the ball uh he's good going through the progressions but if there's not something there that's when you kind of worry a lot of this happens in the red zone where he'll just he'll throw it, and you're not sure who he's throwing it to. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, that's the only time he gets himself in trouble. But uh, otherwise, I mean, he's got spacing, he's got targets, he's got guys. Ayuk has been awesome in the middle of the field. He's got playmakers everywhere. I think he knows that if I can just get out of my hand to one of these guys, they got a chance to break a tackle and go a long ways.
0: Nick Bosa just named the NFC Defensive Player of the Month, and he gets to turn around and see his old pal, Eric Armstead, who is playing again this weekend. And for this to be a fully operational level defense and we see how good they are i mean you need eric armstead on the field they're going to get him back and to me the number one beneficiary of those two guys maybe being on the field together could be drake jackson could be you know uh Dre greenlaw Paul's could a man yeah I mean, it feels like a very good defense is about to get a little bit better um, you know, not not to start comparing them to the 1985 Chicago Bears because that's ridiculous. That is the, you know, the the yardstick of defensive excellence against which all defenses are measured by. Uh, but when you see this defense, what what stands out to you as its single greatest strength? Because just just getting to the passer even with pressure, that it doesn't feel like they do it all the time? I mean, they they not they didn't spend all day in you know Andy Dalton's grill, they they really didn't. Um, they just play so well at linebacker. To you know Talanoa Hufanga is just I think he's going to go to the Pro Bowl this year. I don't I don't see the weakness right now.
3: Aziz, I, you know al here. I mean you know to pick a pretty guy. I mean they're playing very fast, David. Uh, the one thing about Armstead this weekend, that I think is going to be interesting. You know he, you know anybody that's you know talked to Eric like he's six foot eight. You know, he's a basketball player in the middle, and Tua isn't six feet. Like, just his presence in the middle, and as much as the Miami likes to throw the ball over the middle, that could be a huge presence. You know, and like, you'll see twist stunts where Bose is going to come up the middle. They want to they want to attack Tua right in his face. Um, he, he's he's very, very good at eluding pressure and throwing between the trees and all that. His footwork is awesome. But that's that could be a real deterrence. But the overall defense right now, like last week, I mean, I don't think they blitzed once, not one time. I mean, it was a front four game. The linebackers won the game. They were everywhere. They played three linebackers, and, you know, and it's, at times, Hafanga is, is a linebacker where he plays in the box. I mean, they're really good. Traverius Ward is probably their most unheralded player. He's just, he was an awesome player at Kansas City. Uh, he can play press man. He's long. He can run with the best of them. I mean, he's been a great acquisition to that defense. It's hard to find a weakness. I mean, Kansas City exposed them on a couple different plays. Uh, That's the only time that they've really been exposed all year. So uh, this is a great test, though, because this is truly a great passing team. And what you want during the season, Damon, is you want to be tested in all phases. Good running teams, great passing teams, speed that Miami has. You want to be tested in all these areas so that when you get to the postseason, you've seen a lot of this stuff and you're prepared for it. And so this is a great test. For both teams. I mean, Miami hasn't seen a defense like San Francisco. And San Francisco hasn't seen a passing offense like Miami. So it's really a good test for both teams.
4: What do you think of the Dolphins if we flip the card in their defense? You know, they got a 34 defense and they traded for Bradley Chubb. How do they look different since they got Chubb? Is it a more menacing defense than than prior to the deadline?
3: Well, I think they played a lot of zero coverage last year, Larry. And it was like, you know, feast or famine. And look, there were a lot of people that couldn't crack the code. The Baltimore Ravens couldn't crack the code on third down. And so they don't do as much as that this year. I mean, they feel very comfortable with Jalen Phillips, you know, with Wilkins, uh, Christian Wilkins, and with Bradley Chubb. I mean, those are three, you know, first-round draft picks. high draft first-round draft picks, the three of them. Not to mention, you know, Roquan uh, Davis and some of the other guys up front. I mean, they've got a, a really good front. Now, they've been playing without probably their second-best corner all year. Uh, and so, you know, they got uh, a bunch of other guys that are playing there. But they have played a lot of press coverage. Uh, and they'll make their the receivers really work to get off the press and make the quarterback and the receiver beat them, you know, with good timing. But they're led by the front right now. I mean, Chubb is a really good player. He's a big defensive end. You don't see guys that size, 6'5", 280 pounds very much anymore. And Jalen Phillips is a guy that uh, he's just extremely athletic. He's long. He's 6'5". He's got long arms. He's very... You know, he could bend. I mean, he's just, and Wilkins is just, a, you know, a dominant player on the interior number 94 that is a handful for anybody to deal with.
0: Brian Boldinger, here on ninety five seven. The Game, bouncing around to a couple of other games this weekend. I'm, I'm going to ask you two questions in one here, including the game that you're going to be calling, Titans and the Eagles. Which 7-4 and four AFC team has the chance to make the bigger statement? The Bengals beating the Chiefs, or the Titans walking into Philadelphia and handing the Eagles their second loss of the year?
3: I think the Titans have a chance to do it. Um, Kansas City certainly has a chance. I mean, they match up really well with Kansas with Cincinnati. Uh, they're very familiar with each other. But I think Tennessee, they're coming off a terrible game against Cincinnati where Derrick Henry never got going. Uh, he was held to 38 yards you know, on 18 carries. I mean, it was dreadful. Uh, I think they're going to get a couple guys back in the offensive line. It's a challenge for Philadelphia. Maybe they get Jordan Davis back in the middle. He makes a difference for them. But I think Tennessee, because of their style, uh, you mentioned styles make fights, because of their style, the more Derrick Henry runs, the better the whole team gets. The defense plays better. Uh, they don't give as many uh, big plays. The defensive line dominates typically. Uh, they kind of choke you to death. And so, to me... But but they can do it. They they have the style that can take the air out of the ball and get the Philly fans sitting on their hands waiting for something to happen. Um, I'm excited about the game because it's a tough matchup for Philadelphia. We saw Washington beat them two weeks ago. They ran the ball very well. Brian Robinson had a good game. But this is a much bigger back and a guy that's much more menacing. And they're very committed to it. As long as the game doesn't get away from Tennessee. If it's within 10 points, They'll just keep running Derrick Henry. And the more he runs, the better he gets.
0: Eagles greet you with the red carpet treatment? <laughs> uh, I'll be treated well. I'll be treated nice. well, Damon. <laughs> um,
3: I'll see a lot of familiar faces there. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I work out with a lot of guys on the team. You know, I'll see Lane Johnson and Samalo Sam and Kelsey and. The quarterback uh, Jalen Hurts is a free, frequent guy over at the barn, so I'll see a lot of familiar faces. There'll be good.
4: Is Hurts struggling against the zone? From what you when you watch their offense the last few weeks, and I, I bring it up because there's been a couple of times where he's not even passing for 200 yards, and he seems like he's looks a little befuddled by the the, the various zones he's getting thrown. I honestly,
3: Damon don't think he gets befuddled by anything. They ran for 363 yards last year, last week. I mean, it's a number that you never see in the NFL. Forty-nine rushes, three hundred sixty-three yards. I mean, they ran the same. <laughs> they ran the same play basically ten times, and Green Bay was helpless to stop it. It was a pathetic performance by Green Bay. But you know, if you run for three sixty-three, you're not going to throw for a lot of yards. You're just not. And so, when they get the running game cranked up, um, you know they they don't have to throw it very much. And so, look they. You know, they, they've had some injuries. Obviously, they lost to the tight end. Dallas got it, which was a big loss. But, you know, this Quez Watkins, their number three or four wide receiver, this guy is a player. You go to touchdown pass in each of the last two games. Um, A.J. Brown is as good as anybody in this business. I'm sure he wants to put up a good game against his former team, that let him walk. There's a little bit of bitterness there about how things went down. Uh, nobody told him he was getting traded until he got traded. So I'm sure he's uh, he's anxious to, to let Tennessee know what uh, they no longer have.
0: So. Deshaun Watson is going to play football this Sunday for the first time in a long time. Just ironically, the game is in Houston. And, um, yeah. you know, it's I mean, we, we all know how we got here. So I just want to ask you a football question, even though I'm going to criticize him for saying he only wants football questions. That's all I'm going to ask you about. Uh, right. What are you expecting? out of a player who we all know that before he ran into, you know, his controversies was a hell of a quarterback. How long do you think him, it will take for him to become a hell of a quarterback again?
3: I think it's going to be a while. I mean, look,
0: David, you know,
3: he he threw for more yards than anybody 4,800 yards last time he played. They won three games. I mean, they were a bad team with a great quarterback. So that's one thing. Jacoby Brissett has played great. I mean, that game last weekend's Tampa, the touchdown to Njoku to tie the game up, the throws in overtime. I mean, he built great timing with Amari Cooper and Njoku, you know, uh, Peoples-Jones. Like, he's got great timing, Jacoby Brissett. I can't see a guy that has never played with any of these players in a game game, hasn't played in two years, to go out there and light it up against the houston Texans, i know the Texans aren't very good and other teams have had their way with them but i just don't see it i don't see it happening right away it's it's just not the way footballs play it's just not the way quarterbacks play it's timing is too too important to success in the passing game and i don't care who it is i i think he's going to struggle and i think the browns are going to struggle put them in there right away
0: and one of the more revealing press conferences Kyle Shanahan has ever had this week. He really got into the process of how he identifies offensive coaches, assistants, quality control coaches, position coaches, how he's asked position coaches to go into quality control because he thinks they're better fit in that situation. It was really revealing. It was interesting to hear about how a coach ponders putting a staff together with so many moving pieces with all the success that they've had. When is the last time you, Brian, have been asked – to join a coaching staff, either with what you know and what you put on full display on either NFL Network or online all the time. I mean, you are a film junkie. Have you ever been propositioned to join a coaching staff?
3: I have. So I have coached. I coached in Italy, Damon. Uh, you know, and I coached the offensive and defensive lines for a team in Italy. I have American football over there. Bellissimo, <laughs> there, so it was a lot of fun, yeah. Bob Benissimo. But it was... Um, but I, I, I do get... Um, called and i do get uh texted and whatnot uh by certain coaches in this league and they do run things through me they ask me to take a look at things i'm not going to say who their names are
0: but it does happen tell me you're it dropping was- a consulting fee on that franchise please but
3: nobody has no no i mean it's it's just football talk with guys <laughs> that you know uh made respect your opinion in fact it's interesting that one of the coaches the game was against the 49ers and they, the 49ers had their way with this particular team and the head coach of the team, it wasn't even him his, his wife was watching my breakdown of what the, Mike McDaniel and the 49ers did to this team and he called me on Monday and he's like my, my wife, you know showed me your video, Baldy, about what you saw, would you mind like, when the season's over, coming down and sharing what you saw because I don't ever want that to happen again to us and I thought I knew defense, and they they destroyed us. And our middle linebacker couldn't find the football. So, like, I remember that day, and it was fun going down there and showing what some of the motions and pre-snap things did and what they were looking at and what it was designed to do. And so those kind of things, there's other coaches around the league that, you know, ask me about certain things. So, you know, I'm more than willing to share whatever – I have with them.
0: Well, you give good chalk talk, brother. Thank you for sharing with us, as always. Safe travels, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yep, my pleasure. All the best, guys. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by
1: fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today.